Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Screen Talk Emmy Edition. I'm talking to Libby Hill, our great awards editor uh, for television. And I'm Ann Thompson, editor-at-large. And we're going to be talking about the Emmys and predicting who's going to do really well in a couple of different categories, including limited series. And before we get there, though... Libby, you have been at the TCAs. You I, go from out of the frying pan of Comic-Con into the fire of the TCAs. Non-stop news. Yeah, it's been real. And we're on day eight of, I think, a 17-day TCA tour. Um, the food Tell us, a, just set the scene for us, what it's like there. It's, um, it's really Where are you exactly? It, well, uh, for TCA, we are at the Beverly Hilton in Beverly Hills, um, sitting in an enormous ballroom where I believe the Golden Globes are held. I, I would have to check that. If but, it's the Beverly Hilton, that yeah, would be it. I, that's what I suspected. So in this exact same ballroom, networks and streamers and right now PBS brings in uh, panelists for their upcoming television shows or their current television shows and TV critics and journalists are able to ask questions. And uh, I think the biggest function of the TCA now is getting talent in one place. So journalists from all across the country, not necessarily just in LA, can come and and get get contact and um, gain material for a year's worth of of um, of stories about what ABC has coming up four months from now or what PBS is premiering over Christmas. So it's a unique opportunity for those of us who don't live in major metropolitan areas, but also it's quickly growing out of fashion. So are you getting a glimpse of some of the shows that might be in contention next year um, when we come back around and, and we're talking about the 2020 Emmys? I am. Now, I will say this. We, we have to take all this with a grain of salt because in a lot of cases, I've only seen one episode, um, sometimes two. And, and it's impossible to gauge how both the industry and critics will will receive these shows but i would say i have like a half dozen shows i've already seen a week into the a week into the tour that we could be talking very well be talking about in a year so what would you say maybe what would amazon have have on offer for example amazon i feel has has maybe their strongest offering um since since fleabag definitely since mazel um in Modern Love, which is an adaptation of that super famous New York Times column that's been running for like 15 years, where (laughs) people, and that's no exaggeration, um, where people submit a a love story, and whether romantic love or or sexual love or or platonic love, um, as a 1,500-word essay. They have gotten the brilliant idea at Amazon to adapt that into 
a series, a, a, a true adaptation, a, a true anthology series, rather, like The Twilight Zone, wherein it has a united theme over a season, but every episode is a standalone story. That sounds actually pretty cool. Who are some of the uh, creative entities behind that? Anybody we've heard of? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, John Carney is responsible for it. John Carney, you may be familiar with his film Sing Street or uh, Once. 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 Absolutely. Yes. Once is a big deal. Yes. So he is was, Sing Street. He, is there uh, a musical element? There is not yet, at least. <laughs> um, That's interesting. No, he's a, he's a good director. Uh, he's a great and, director. And what else? So HBO has Watchmen. Yes. What did, did you get to see anything from that? I have seen the first episode, and that is probably as much as I can tell you about that. But I will say that it is, I went into it not knowing much about Watchmen lore. Um, I was totally taken with it. Um, I think That's a great it's, comic it's, book. It's one of the great yeah. genius comic books. And Zach, uh, Zach, <laughs> of course, of 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 uh, of, of DC fame, yes. uh, did did not do such a great job, according to some people, with the movie. Mm-hmm. I really loved the visuals in the movie, and if they can bring anything close to that to this, I will be very very excited. It's a lot of great characters. Right. Well, uh, the the best decision that they have made with this adaptation, I think, is not doing a literal lift from the comic it is definitely something within that universe but not necessarily the the story that everyone is familiar with they are finding their own story so where is Westworld in the overall scheme of things does it continue after this season or is it ending it does It, it I believe it has at least one more season out I if I had to guess I thought it got picked up for a season four as well at HBO but I'm not entirely certain no, but it is it is definitely renewed for a season three. Um, they haven't announced any plans beyond that at this point. But um, Westworld is expected to be a contender again next year. But the reason I think that Westworld plays well for Watchmen is that it's shown that the Academy is not against uh, embracing something genre-y with those genre elements in it. As long as it's really expensive. <laughs> well, you know, Watchmen at least looks really expensive. I, I'm sure it is. I'm sure they wouldn't. Now, now what is AMC doing um, with, with, with the terror? So AMC... Uh, gained a lot of and and I don't think a lot of people know this but their first season of the terror didn't get didn't garner any attention from the academy um which is ridiculous because the below the line uh, the production values on that were were incredible it got rave reviews it did it did it was great i loved the first season of the terror um so it's reason, not a limited series anymore if it's coming back, right? Right. It is playing by the, the new anthology series rules, the, the American horror story rules, if you will. Um, it's coming back under the, the, the terror as we know it, but it has a completely different setting. It's a completely different story. It's completely different characters. And this season is about the Japanese internment, uh, the Japanese American internment camps during World War II. Wow. And they have melded it in a genius choice with J-horror. And it is incredible. And it is terrifying. And again, the production values are amazing. They've gone to great lengths to make sure that they are representing a world and a cast that is uh, uh, unimpeachable. And um, 
If, if it's going to break through with the Emmys, it will break through with this. And what has Showtime got? Showtime, gosh, I don't know what to say about this. I will tell you, Showtime has not even presented yet at TCA, but they have a show called On Becoming a God in Central Florida. It's a dark comedy, and it stars Kristen, uh, Kirsten Dunst. Now, everyone loves Kirsten Dunst, obviously, but the the key of this to remember most is that, recently in fargo but the thing to remember is that showtime actually has a long and storied history of doing great in comedic lead actress um they had nurse jackie they had united states of Terra. they had um they had weeds they do well in this category when they have something to push and so don't i have sight unseen Keep your eye on Central Florida because that well, could be a contender. I don't think Kirsten Dunst would be doing it. I mean, if, if it wasn't probably pretty pretty high up on the level of, of execution. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's well written. Um, and then you have another Amazon show in the animated world I that do. you think might be interesting to watch. Let me tell you. It's entirely possible this will not get any nominations. It's entirely possible this won't be in the conversation, but it should be. Um, Amazon has a 30-minute sort of animated dramedy. It is rotoscope animation, um, the kind of, like, in A Scanner Darkly. Um, it's gorgeous. It's it's really leans into its visual storytelling, and it plays a lot with temporal things, with uh, sort of multiple universes, multiple points of view. There's a very spiritual aspect to it. I don't know if... This is going to make a splash anywhere, but it should, and people oh, it should talk wonderful. about it. You've got me sold, completely oh, sold. I love it. And does, do any of the networks have anything going? They've well, they've been so underrepresented of late. That's the testament to how st- strong this upcoming fall is. Is that ABC has a an sort of an action drama with Col- Colby Smulders from uh, How I Met Your Mother history. And the the Avenger films, uh, the Marvel films rather, yep. uh, called Stumptown. She plays a sort of a gritty cop type character with a sense of humor, which is kind of perfect typecasting for her. And uh, CBS has a comedy, a, a single cam comedy with Walton Goggins of all people as a widower who is trying to get back on the dating scene that I think looks terribly charming. Um, these are things that could end up in comedy series, in drama series, depending on the year. It, it just depends. And I think that's more than we can say of a lot of shows and a lot of years in TCA uh, prior. Um, so let's get, are we, are, do you have anything else from, from the TCAs you want to tell me about? Or should we go into no, think, uh, limited series? I think that's everything of note. Um, I can't wait to talk about these these limited series, though. All right, all right. Well, so we have uh, this incredible. I always thought going in that Escape at Danamora from Showtime was the obvious front runner. You know that this is the one that just executed Ben Stiller's series, mm-hmm. executed at an incredibly high level on the writing with Michael Tolkien as one of the showrunners from the movie world, and and with extraordinary performances from Benicio del Toro and Patricia Arquette and Paul Dano. And I just thought, you know, there, you, you can't beat this combination. Um, and, you know, this thrilling, exciting prison break, true story, you know, everything executed at a high level. Right. But it has competition. 
Oh, it really does. It does. This was a fierce year for a limited series. Um, I had no idea that we would end up with with such a strong batch of contenders. But yeah, Escape at Danamora is definitely in the top three, but it might be edged out of the top two right now um, by some late breaking contenders in in the Emmy eligibility window. For instance, we right. So Chernobyl would be the big one, right? Well. From HBO, it's one of the big ones, definitely. I I feel at this point that it might actually be losing heat and might be in, in the second spot right now. Um, against against what? Against When They See Us. Hmm. That would be the Ava DuVernay series from Netflix, which has been highly promoted. She's very popular. It's an excellent series. But I'm going to argue with you on this Please one. do. They have indicated that it was very well watched Mm -hmm. and my question Netflix they've actually released figures and I believe them I'm sure it has been well watched but the question is by whom and was it well watched by people in the Academy I think that it's difficult to look at all of the acting nominations and all of the overall nominations that when they see us scored and think, you know, it there wasn't great affection for it in the Academy. And it, there's definitely something to be said for Chernob- Chernobyl, which I believe garnered the second most nominations. Uh, uh, I think it had 19 nominations 19. overall. I think on, 19. on HBO Day, they said that if Chernobyl was its own network, it would have gotten, I think, the eighth most nominations. Um, so there, there is definitely an argument. I don't think this category is locked up whatsoever, but no, I think I that it is. No, I agree with you more. And there's going to be a lot of campaigning. I ended up sitting down with Craig Mazin, mm-hmm. who's the showrunner for Chernobyl. And I have to say, I was very impressed by that show. It, it kept me awake in the middle of the night, and I got obsessed with Chernobyl and with the podcast that he did after the show and, and on each episode. And, and, and I, I got crazy and ordered up Midnight at Chernobyl. And, and, <laughs> and it, it has to do with, um, I think, we're all living in very uh, tortured and fractious times. and we're actually contemplating the end of our planet. <laughs> Not That's to real. put too fine a point on it. And Chernobyl, in some bizarre way that, that these people figured out, they put their fingers on something that, that touches us very deeply because it shows us the end, you know, of, of how crazy and stupid we can be. Right, right. What do you think? I, I you know, I think, I think that talking about Chernobyl's uh, popularity in <laughs> within the framing of uh, you know the heat death of the universe is is probably wise and I think there is a <laughs> I think there is a a sort of demoralized fearful but still hopeful part of us that are that can watch Chernobyl and be like oh well they messed it up maybe we won't mess it up as poorly and I will say well that they were I, also heroic people Right. And I do think that at a certain level, oh my God, I can't believe this is a sentence I'm going to say, but Chernobyl is more hopeful than when they see us because we're still doing all of the things that when they see us is talking about. And that's demoralizing on on a very deep level. It's important to talk about. It's important to watch. It's important to be aware of. um, But it does not give you that sense of of hope for a brighter tomorrow, maybe, um, that Chernobyl kind of does. 
which is probably a sentence that no one has ever said before in human history. <laughs> I get so it. I, I totally understand what you're saying, and I don't disagree with you at all. So the two other shows, which I also admire and love, right. are uh, Fosse Verdon from FX, uh, mm-hmm. about the great uh, choreographer, director, uh, and dancer Bob Fosse, and the long-term relationship with his creative muse, Gwen Verdon and of course Sam Rockwell and Michelle Williams play those roles and to perfection I believe I know we get into lots of debates about whether or not Sam Rockwell was was good enough but um, I think he was Um, and the move but the movie I believe plays to a pretty narrow musical loving demo I'm not sure it has the wide admiration and appeal that the other shows have it, it doesn't. I, I think it is very niche. I think it is less niche than something that we saw show up more in the performances in limited series, which is the act, um, which did not get any notice in, in the limited series categories beyond uh, the performances in lead and supporting actress. Um, but what's interesting about Fosse Verdon is it does have, if you, you, you'd call it lower ballot support, um, it did it did bring in a surprising amount of nominations, but I don't think it's enough to bump it up to that top tier of contenders. And your argument about about sharp objects is that that too was long ago in the rear view. That that even if, and and I'm afraid Jean-Marc Vallée on some level has been um, cast in the role of a villain now with uh, Big Little Lies. Um, he really um, did a great job with Sharp Objects, and I think he's a, an excellent series director from the movie world, but um, that may have a negative impact on him, the idea that he took uh, Big Little Lies 2 away from uh, Andrea Arnold in the editing room. But that, didn't that uh, Andrea Arnold news come out after the... Yes, yes, but that doesn't make it look any better for him Right. being identified with this show. That's absolutely correct. But here's what I'm really concerned about with Sharp Objects, is that it got it, it got its support for Patricia Clarkson, it got its support for Amy Adams. It doesn't have any writing or directing noms. Um, Which is it, a sign of weakness, this exactly, is the point we're making. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So as much as I loved Sharp Objects, it, it just did not have the legs it needed to, to to stay competitive in this year. Well, let's just make it clear that to get into this category at all is a feat at this point. Uh, It was extremely... uh, But let's look at movies now. Um, I have argued, and I will continue to argue, that Black Mirror Bandersmatch, although a lot of people seem to think it's a great uh, competitor in this category, um, really doesn't have the wide appeal to an adult viewership like the TV Academy. It got nominated, though, because uh, it got a, a lot of attention, and, and, and it was interactive, and it was innovative, and all that. But I didn't think it was one of the best episodes I'd ever seen. Well, and here's something to keep in mind with that. I don't love Bandersnatch. I don't think it should win this category, but it makes me very nervous that the last two TV movie winners have been Black Mirror episodes. Um, someone in the Academy is voting for it. And while I would say definitively that both of those episodes that won, the USS Callister and um, San Junipero, 
were were far and away better episodes. Uh, I I can so never what would count be it the out. leading what would be the leading contender then if it's not this one? It still feels like a two horse race, and I know we've talked about this before, but I think it has to be Deadwood. Though I'm not super confident in 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 how much the Academy likes or does not like it, given that. David Milch couldn't get it right, couldn't get a writing nomination and and um I know it doesn't look as strong as it should be given uh the support that it should have but I don't think it's my dinner with Hervé and I don't think it's no. King Lear and I don't think it's Brexit so uh god forbid are you saying it's gonna be Bandersnatch I'm not it's gonna be Deadwood um I have every faith that it's going to be Deadwood and you know what if Deadwood wins if, if you look at their executive producers, like that awards a bunch of good people that I think that everyone's going to be on board with awarding. But I have to believe Deadwood wins this category because and there's I a human interest story there with, exactly. with David Milch and, and his dementia and all that stuff. It's it's a sad story. They gave him a chance to go out with his boots on. And he did. He really exactly. did. Precisely. So we were looking at the uh, limited series, and then we have writing and directing uh, categories for the limited series. And um, I have to assume that Chernobyl is leading the field in both of those categories for Craig Mazin and John Johan Rank, who is a very crucial uh, element. He was the director hired by Craig Mazin, mm-hmm. uh, who was not an obvious choice, or, you know, he basically looked at what he could do and figured out that he was the one that could execute his vision. And boy, did he do that. Right, right. Something I'm curious about is how, if you look at these nominees, uh, for instance, in writing, you have um, Chernobyl, you have two episodes of Escape at Danamora, you have a Fosse Verdon, you have an epi- uh, the entirety of a very English scandal. And then you have one episode of When They See Us. And I'm curious, do you think the Academy gives an edge to uh, an artist who, who takes over the entire, uh, the entire creative process? That Craig I Mason wrote do. every episode of Chernobyl or that um, Johan Rank directed every episode? I don't know. Like, I don't know the answer to that. And I was trying to go back through the years and I couldn't, I couldn't discern a pattern, but... The limited series being such a strong category is a relatively new thing, so I, I just don't think there's a pattern there yet. I would say the writer-showrunner does have an advantage. So, but Brett, uh, obviously they're all writer-showrunners on some level, but some of them are shared. Right, right. And, and Ava is a director as well. Right. Um, I wonder, I wonder, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give, see, and, and, all right, so let me ask you this, is Ben Stiller as a director docked for being Ben Stiller, or is that an advantage for him? I don't think he's docked. I think, I think it's an advantage for him. I think that he is committed so fully to this second act of his career that, um, and I think it's really hard to look at Escape at Dannemora and be like, yeah, this is a classic Ben Stiller production. Like, no, like, you lose who Ben Stiller is in watching that. And that's a compliment to him. Um, so I don't think he's docked for that. I don't know. I'm looking at these categories and there is just not a clear standout for me. I know Chernobyl is at the top of the heap, but I'm thinking about those. And and this is, I guess, what I'm thinking about. When you have a single episode of a series you're putting forth, that is a very clear 
thing. Like when I look at these Fosse Verdon episodes, for example, I know what glory is. I know what who's got the pain is. I know what providence is. And I have a very clear picture of what that episode looked like. Um, if I see Russell T. Davies and a very English scandal, you, you know, I, I get that he did the entire the entire series and and that's great. But I, I don't know. I'm very I'm very intellectually curious about these categories because I don't have a feel on them right now. Well, one thing you can say about the writing nominees is that there's a bunch of white guys and one black woman, and that could give her an advantage, I think, especially with a show that, as you say, is so popular when they see us. So Ava DuVernay could have an advantage as a director as well. well I could I, see her winning one, or the, one of those at least. Uh, yeah, it's a huge compliment to her that she is nominated in in both categories and I think is a is a is that's going an to accomplishment be... that's an extraordinary accomplishment she should get that I see oh. what you're saying no absolutely so like that's that's extraordinary and I think that is um y- you know the academy loves an auteur let's say um but uh, but then again in in directing she's not the only woman um or woman of color directed uh Jessica nominated for you is there for Fosse Verdon and Glory yeah which is great. Um, and I hate that episode, too. but it's great. <laughs> you see, I'm... I'm <laughs> yeah, see, I prefer the Thomas Kale episode. I do, too. <laughs> it's, a very, it's a very difficult position to be in as a woman. Thomas Kale, my man from Hamilton. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I got to give it to him. Um, well, this is going to be very interesting. Um, last year was nothing, nowhere near as competitive as this year and uh, there's going to be a lot more to parse when we come back next week now we do have um, some news which is that I'm going on vacation yay Yay. and while I'm on the east coast uh, running around uh, New York and and Maine and other hot spots like that um, hopefully not too hot um, Ben (laughs) Travers our intrepid critic is going to step in and share his considerable knowledge and I think the two of you should have a wonderful time you guys are going to get into the acting of the limited series yeah we're going to have some fights he's a good sparring partner and he has bad opinions so it makes the fighting even easier yeah you and I get along too much but we had a couple of arguments today we did well. I, I'm proud of us, Anne. I think we did a great job today. <laughs> All right. See, so I won't see you next week. No. I will get back with you in two. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me, Anne. Bye, Libby. Bye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.